What's up, everybody? I'm Kiyoshi. I'm Bobby Foster. Michael Beveraji. And this is Take Away My Mic. I'm going first today. Okay, I do it. feel great. <laughs> oh, that's right. Absolutely. That's right. Let them know. Let them know. I feel pretty good. Full transparency. We talk about mental health on this podcast. If we haven't, we will in the future. I've been freeballing this life shit. <laughs> and now <laughs> and now I'm finally, I'm starting some medication. And I'm very, very excited about it. Hey, give a clap in the comments. <laughs> or if so, you're listening to the podcast, just clap on your own. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Bobby, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm tired. I've been having daddy duties today, this morning slash early afternoon. Happy to be here to experience these music talks, culture talks, chilling with y'all, my friends. You know what I'm saying? I always look forward to this, as I say every week, because it's true. And uh, yeah, you know, there's there's some of the topics today. I'm I'm a it's definitely gonna <laughs> wake me up. <laughs> All right. It's definitely gonna wake me up. I'm let's ready. Get, let's get it. Let's wake him up. I'm a weekly concert update because that's just what <laughs> what happens over here. You went to it's, another one? It was a fail this time. And it's part of why oh. I want to talk about what I want to talk about later. It's because the resale price, I couldn't justify it. It was Beyonce. I could not justify Ooh. what the resale tickets were going for. So I'm going to try again to see her in the middle of the week, but I'm going to travel for it. Wait, so you didn't go? I did not go. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The, I thought you were saying like you went. And like the show wasn't good enough to justify the price. That's oh, what I no. thought you were saying. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it would have justified <laughs> the price, but I couldn't personally dish out like what. They gotcha. Because like, it was the Houston show. It was the Houston show, so the price mm. like triple. You would have called Meg. Yeah, I know, but I just couldn't like personally be like I. I, I just can't. Would have saw Meg and wouldn't have been able to pay the rent. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. I'm reselling ticket is that's a that's a whole other it's thing a, yeah resellers have ruined every industry they everything it's, it's, I, well everything. we'll get into it because it's not just music and i know bobby knows. yeah it's not we, just me it's it's we'll, we'll, we'll get into it so much stuff oh my god so our comment this week comes from Raina chan and she wanted to know what three albums defined us as a person or transformed us after listening mm. to them i'm gonna fly through it so i got them right here Oh, okay. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go in sequential order of when they came out. The first one is this bad boy. These are my confessions. You already when know. I thought I said all I could say on the side. That's right. That's yeah. right. Shout out to Usher Super Bowl. We're gonna talk about that too at some point on the pod today. Yes. Just like when I was young, I already knew like I wanted to sing. Like I just knew it was something I loved, and that was the first album that like made me feel. Like I could sing Ooh. every song, start to finish, like every track, front to back. Uh, it was the first album I listened to when I was young that I felt like I could also listen to and every single song had like that replay value where you weren't gonna skip it. It was also like a sexual awakening of an album because I was super young and the second Ooh. half of that album is all like get your freak on songs. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so yeah, Confessions, We there's not much to say, man. It's like a goat album. Second album is this bad boy right here. Shout out to Zayn, Mind of Mine, uh, my favorite album of all time. That uh, Lil Wayne influence. That's the Lil Wayne influence for sure. Lil Wayne's actually <laughs> on, Lil Wayne's on his Pillow Talk remix. So shout out to oh, wow. Zayn accomplishing a dream of his. But yeah, man, this album just like shaped me in my mid-20s. I went through like the worst breakup ever. And so did Zayn. So like I just related to a lot of the lyrical content. Also, Zayn went through the breakup of the band and then he went solo. And I was also going through like some friendship breakups as well so it was very on point with where i was in my life and then the third one is this one luke hemmings when facing the things we turn away from 
there's just like a lot of mental health concepts, a lot of um, feeling like life's passing you by, a lot of ex existential crisis lyrical concepts on there. That's that's my baby boy. He's the the lead singer of Five Sauce for anyone that doesn't know Luke Hemmings. And yeah, those are my three that shaped me. Dope. Dope. I love that our first out. Why why is Usher's Confessions the same? Same. I love it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can sing this. You tried the superstar like live. Yeah, too, man. Right? Yeah, you, oh, yeah. you oh, I belt that in the car. <laughs> to this day. I listen I listen to that song at least once a month. At mm -hmm. least once a month. Yes, sir. Yes, Love sir. the album. Actually, it's hilarious. I th I feel like I made a tweet maybe it was earlier this year or maybe last year. And I like ran confession straight through. And I was like, damn, like this album still has no misses. And like it is so well. Unbelievable. Oh my god. Simple things so, back, it just doesn't stop. Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that album vicariously through you, but that's not on my list. But it definitely was very informative for me. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna name six. I'm gonna cheat because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> informative things for me were like two different parts of my life childhood and then like teenage years going into my adulthood i feel like were two important mu moments for music i'm just gonna run through three of my childhood and not really explain them at all b2k's debut in oh. sync no string attached and 8701 by usher actually because like when you remind me and you got it bad and you don't have to call came out yeah. Ooh, he was the goat <laughs> okay i'm gonna talk about these three a little bit more these were like teenage years like going into early adulthood Wait, shout, shout out to that b2k though shout out to that yeah, b2k but i gotta I say when <laughs> bump, 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 bump was like i was so upset when the whole like when amor amario went against mario and like oh, all man. the b2k yeah. stuff came out and how like they didn't not even did they not like write their own stuff, but they had like a whole J-Lo Ashanti situation going on where like they had other people singing the songs. And it's like, I don't know what songs Amorion was actually singing and which ones were blended and stuff. That hurt my that hurt my childhood heart. It really did. But okay, I'll go in order sequentially as far as these came out. The Carter Three, Lil Wayne, 2008. That like made me fall in love with rap on a whole new level. Like a lot of other people out there. That album is just super classic amazing love it my sleeper pick is actually finally famous volume three it's a mixtape by big sean yes i don't know i don't know like i don't exactly even know what drew me to that project so much at the moment but that turned me into like a lifelong big sean fan i thought he was hilarious you know i actually think it did build on the lil wayne influence because lil wayne has these hilarious punch lines that like sometimes you gotta like wait to catch why it's funny kind of thing right and i feel like big sean had that going for him too so i love that project and then lastly good kid mad city kendrick lamar when good kid mad city came out my whole perspective of like what rap could be changed the idea that it's literally like a short film told in an audio form is crazy to me to this day it's like when you listen to it straight through it's literally like a movie and like for people that don't know like on the cd itself it's good kid mad city and then the subtext says a short film by kendrick lamar yeah so it's that like it's just classic to this day i don't think it's ever left the billboard 200 chart yet it's charted wow. the entire time it's been out so it's been like 12 years now and yeah just it just changed everything for me uh, and also, Big Sean and Kendrick were two of the first concerts I ever went to. Big Sean was the first concert. Kendrick was the second concert. And yeah, they just like transformed my love of music. So those are my three projects. I'm stealing. I'm I'm going to do what you did. 
Okay. Because I thought because <laughs> I thought of three that transformed me, like in my childhood. Yeah, riding around with my mom in the car. This is mm-hmm. the things that she would listen to. So I just adapted "Emancipation of Mimi," Mariah Ooh. Carey, my favorite Mariah Carey album. Me and my that's uh, like me and my mom's album. I love that album so much. I'm gonna pick Maxwell Black Summer's Nights. If you okay. guys know anything okay. about Maxwell, Pretty Wings. Okay, Pretty that whole wings. project riding around with the top down. I loved it. And then Sierra Goodies for my oh for my childhood album. Goodies I, was an awakening for me in a different kind of way. <laughs> But same, same, hey. we probably the same way. You feel me? That's for usual. Yeah, that video was crazy. Oh, oh, <laughs> featuring Ludacris. That is one of Ludacris's best verses. Uh, I That's love, great, yeah. I love that project so much. As an adult, I say "Sound and Color" by Alabama Shakes mm. just fixed my ears in a way where, like. Anything was possible after that, like musically hearing that. Brittany Howard has the voice of, if you don't know anything about Alabama Shades, you don't know Brittany Howard. She has her own project out now called Jamie, and she's incredible. An incredible vocalist. Takes you to another world. Y'all know I live for that. After that, I pick Urban Flora. That's Gala Matias and Alina Baraz. It's an electronic project with the most sultry, beautiful R&B vocals. You, like, is it's insane. If you haven't heard that project, I recommend that to everyone. And then the last one I'm going to say is You Should Be Here by Kaylani. The song on that project called Alive. To this day, I can't listen to because I just weep. But it's such a beautiful <laughs> song. It was such a beautiful, like, bigger introduction to her. Because she did Cloud 19. That was her first uh, EP. But You Should Be Here was, I think, was a Grammy-nominated mixtape. Okay. Is is that the one with uh the song with Chance on there? Yes, the way. Oh, I love that song. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent. Kaylani has been excellent from Jump, so I I love that project so much. Those are my those are my albums. I'm glad I'm glad you got Kaylani in the draft. Then that's good. Since she's one of your top favorites of all time. <laughs> Such a bastard. Shout out to, we we did an artist draft. It's on our Patreon. The links in the description for anyone that's interested. We we drafted. All our favorite artists to our own record label. It was a lot of fun. It he was. stole Kaylani from me and I threatened his life. So if you want to <laughs> <laughs> you want a sneak peek, there it is. I was yeah. mad as hell. I, yeah. I also played an evil exec and had a great time uh, <laughs> picking <laughs> choosing profits over people, baby. Yeah, it was so much you know fun. It was. It was really, that, honestly, I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. That was probably the funnest video I've recorded. That's like dope. since like making content like that That's that was dope. a great time. Oh, I love that for you. That was that a makes great me time. so happy. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. So if you guys are interested, you want to support us on Patreon, like Michael said, the link will be in the description box below. We're gonna jump into <laughs> what's gonna be probably our longest segment in this episode, and that is Doja Cat's latest project called Scarlet. It dropped on Friday of last week to a lot of mixed reviews. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna touch on all the nuances of our feelings about this project here today. But Bobby, you're commander in chief in this. <laughs> you're gonna lead us in this conversation. Take it away. Oh my gosh. I honestly don't really know where to start. Uh, <laughs> cause there's so much I wanna say. 
I'll say, you know what, we'll go, we'll go like in a chronological timeline order because I feel like we have to set up some foundational things, I think, to understand all of our opinions on the album. So for y'all that don't know, prior to the album dropping, Doja was in all of this controversy online, uh, self-imposed controversy, I may add, about it, it pretty much started. There was controversy around the person she was dating. Fans were holding her accountable for it and just like, you know, giving their opinions as people do. And then Doja pretty much in a lot of different ways was simply like, I don't care what y'all are saying. And then even more direct ways, like disrespecting her fans, her core fan base, blocking, all of that. Blocking people, you know? Yes. And so it was a whole mess um a whole press mess i don't like a pr <laughs> mess i don't know yeah, right yeah. and so a lot of that and the reason why that's important to know is because the album itself seems to be like a lot of the lyrical content is around addressing that mess and essentially doza in 17 different ways saying why she doesn't care about it she's feeling free she's gonna do what she wants to do and i feel like <laughs> because the album is such a reaction to all of the all of that mess you can't separate the mess from the album because it's literally connected because that's what she's talking about so for yeah. all the people in my comments talking about i'm being brainwashed by the media fuck y'all because listen i'm so i'm so mad about that i'm mad about that because you're you're saying oh you should just listen to the music and enjoy it i get that right i understand that but the music is about the mess. So like, you literally can't separate them. Like when you're talking about a lot of these songs where she's essentially talking about showing off her boyfriend and not caring about other people, what they got to say about her boyfriend. How can we separate that from everything that was happening in the media prior? Like You, you just can't, can't do it. it. You can't um, do it, bro. You can't. Like even if you are someone that separates the art from the music and all the, the artists from the music and all that, it's literally impossible in this case because the music is about <laughs> the subject matters outside of the music. And I'm going to say that like 15 times so people really understand that. So I think what I kind of want to do to like start up this conversation is I actually want y'all to give your opinions first. Yeah. And because I, I kind of want to bounce off of this like in a dialogue of this album and kind of we'll just uh, like add on top to what everybody's saying. Okay. I <laughs> should I say what about okay so I should I say favorite tracks now or just overall thoughts because um, I feel like okay we could we could do favorite tracks first I'll go first on that too just because mine's really kind of small uh my favorite <laughs> is pretty much skull and bones I, I don't know that might be it actually hold on <laughs> skull and bones love life and often are my top three. I Skull and Bones is the best song on the project in my mind. Same, yes. Uh, for for a multitude of reasons, it's the best song to me, but it's not. It wouldn't be my favorite. I'm a theater girly, you know. I like I like the multiple personalities and the in the dramatics and shit. So my favorite Absolutely. probably would be Agora Hills if we're removing the favorite, context favorite. from it, like you said. Cause her being like, I'm gonna show you. I was like, all right, girl, all right. <laughs> I want to show that man off, but he's not my man, so go ahead, do whatever you want to do. Honorable mention, I did say Love Life just for the context only. I didn't really enjoy it sonically, but I was like, oh, damn, okay. this is the first song she's talking about some shit that she likes. And I like that, <laughs> you know, because for the majority of the album, it was just the complete opposite. The production was fire. 
on the majority of the tracks, the context was was very one note to me. It was very one note. I want to know what everybody else is hearing. We can get into that later, but I'm, I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I missed so much of her individuality on this project. So much of what I feel like makes Doja great, I feel like was just missing. I use Skull and Bones as an example because I feel like that had that had some of her melodicness, that had bars, the best bars on the project, in my opinion, and contextually, it was mm -hmm. deeper than everything else. I feel like she hit every mark on that song, and that makes me feel like more of the album sounded like that before the controversy. And I want to hear, <laughs> I want to hear the album before the social media stuff. Cause a lot of it sounded like she added stuff in. She where, definitely like, the songs did. Were made, like when she was talking about threads 100%. and like different, you know, mm -hmm. things that took place online, the Twitter stuff, all of that. I feel like the project, especially with the way she was talking about it before the drama and stuff, sounded more like Skull and Bones. You know what I mean? Interesting. From the rap standpoint and the in the just the delivery, I was like, oh, she's spitting like that. That was excellent. And I'm like, I feel like it was more of that before all of the all of the chaos went down. I also don't believe okay. that this album is who she really is. She talked about that before, <laughs> but that 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 confused mm. me as well. Cause she was like, This album is more remember when we when she first started talking about it and she was like, This album's gonna be more personal to me. I'm really excited to dive into more stuff that really interests me. I felt she cause we all knew that like Planet uh her and Hot Pink weren't her favorites. Like we knew that before she went and dragged them. But like mm -hmm. I didn't get on like how you said before when you ain't get nothing new you don't feel like you know her any better that's how i feel mm -hmm. as far as like the project is concerned there was yeah. nothing per there's nothing personal i mean it's just a lot of sex a lot of talking your shit because you're mad about this and that yeah. uh, a lot of talking about money as well but nothing personal one of my favorite songs of the album is can't wait because it's actually one of the few personal songs even though she's talking about this person who's been a part of all the controversy. I still enjoy it because it's it's at least personal and she's at least sort of um, being a little bit vulnerable for one of the few times in the project. I also think that she is incredibly lacking a lot of self-awareness on this whole project. And I actually like Love Life too because it's one of the few points where she just shows some rare self-awareness. She says, I love it when my fans ain't mad, which is an oxymoron compared to like <laughs> a lot of the other shit she said on the album because everywhere all over the project, she's saying that she doesn't give a fuck about how her fans feel. Right. She literally word yeah, for she word, for word yeah. says, and I quote, I love it when my fans ain't mad, which shows self-awareness, but at the same time, this is like a really confused person. I feel like this whole album, this whole album, it's like a lot of rhyming just to rhyme. It's a lot of empty calorie bars is a phrase that I use when it's just empty like- Empty calories. That's what I use when you're literally just rhyming just to rhyme and yeah. you're just trying to follow up. Like there, there will be a bar and she'll follow it with something just because it rhymes with the previous bar. Mm. She's not following up her bars at all. I, th I actually think the songs are good. I think like they're a vibe for lack of a better word, but she's just not saying anything outside of like talking about sex, uh, talking about money here and there and making sure that we know that she doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> My favorite songs, cause that was the direct question are can't, mm -hmm. can't wait, which I pointed out. Opening lines are cold. I want to be the stubborn crust of barnacles upon you. If you were to become a middle American farmer, I'd read I'd read up on every vegetable and harvest them around you. That's such a great line. That's such a dope line. But 
the the fact that that line sticks out so much to me is kind of it's hard like i feel like i'm really bombing for apples trying to find good lines <laughs> in this album the only song so far when you get to can't wait it's literally the only song so far and it's like track 10 or 11 or something it's the only track where she's mm-hmm. not talk- I think it was 11. it's the first track where she's not talking about sex or money my fa- my favorite songs were they were Agora Hills, Can't Wait, and Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones is like super J. Cole to me. I'm not sure if she's inspired by J. Cole or not, but that felt like and a J. Cole And she is. Track. That's why she did featureless on this album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. That was like a J. Cole track to me. I love that whole track. Those are the only three songs that really stuck out to me. Everything else is honestly, respectfully, very forgettable. Wait, because I... Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it pains me. It just pains me because I said this in our group chat. I'm sorry. All shade, all shade in the world. She sound like these men. And y'all know how I feel about these male rappers. And a lot of the context just isn't, it's all the clothes I'm wearing and this, 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 and this. I was like, woman alone, first track off of Planet Her, contextually, I feel like washes this album. A a lot of her best rap verses in her career are not on this project. Like at all, dog. All right, this this yeah. is perfect that you guys are bringing this up. Before we get into Agora Hills, can I point out a few bars that were like? Yes. Because now I still I still got a rant. I, I was just giving background info before, but I still got. Okay. It. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so maybe maybe some of these bars will transition into a rant, but I want to get a few off my chest okay. here because they're kind of painful. Okay. So like, I listened to Demons for the first time, and I got to the What Are Those? You Are Gross. Obviously, that's like a really obvious one and i didn't mind it at first because she's like super playful in her cadence so i'm like okay she's being really playful whatever she wants to get off like really whack bars that's fine then she said it again. but the problem is she said it again and then the problem is the, <laughs> yeah, she said the other again. problem is the rest of the album doesn't have anything so like now it just makes it just puts more light on the what are those what are gross wet vagina she says now i gotta see a lot of long lines at the venue she's talking her shit. she's trying to say that she's got long lines at the venue but actually if you look at her tickets on resale apps, they are incredibly affordable. So I don't exactly envision long lines at the venue. I'm just being honest. This guy. I'm just being honest. I don't think she's going to have long lines at the venue if you look at the resale prices on her tickets. Then we can get into a bigger conversation about the sales of the album. Move like a goat because bitch is lying. The, what the, I don't fucking Move know what like that means. Uh, uh, oh, that's, that's wet vagina too. That's also wet vagina, but like you're calling bitches lions. Lion is like a really incredible animal. I, <laughs> <laughs> she, and I don't. All right, and ninety, and I get the, I get like she's trying to say bitches are lion, but she says it like lion the animal, and she says goat. She, she's trying to do a double, but like it falls on its face. She says they ain't even ready spaghetti, baby. They sauceless. Holy fuck, I hate that line. There's so much. There's so many animal cruelty bars on this project, which is like. <laughs> I, okay, sure. If you want to like flaunt that, whatever. I'm not a vegan, so I'm not gonna like attack you for that. But at the same time, like, are you like that proud to get all these animal cruelty bars off your chest? There's so many of them. That's crazy. Another one. She says, "You look like a butter face, butter body, butter toes." I can't believe, I can't believe it on my early morning butter toast. Okay, you, so you use I can't believe it's not butter. That's cool. Like, I, I, I she like it from the back because she don't ever front. That's go off. That's the hook on go off. I mean, I understand the line, but it's just like super empty. The way I just got to say this. I'm sorry, I got to interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. So, you, <laughs> so you repeating these lines is hilarious because I've always said this about Doja. That I mean, Doja. First of all, before I get in, okay, 
I just want to let people know I do not hate Doja Cat. I don't. The reason why I'm so disappointed about this album is because of how much I like right. Doja and how talented I think that I know she is. Um, cause like, yeah, when you're reading these lines without the way that she delivers them and like her voice and her cadence and all that kind of stuff, like, I heard it in her voice, but her body, but and like Doja, the thing that she's best at with rap is her delivery are her flows and things like that. Like she sounds good to listen to. Right. But always when you go and you try to look at her lyrics, they've always been wishy-washy and sometimes they don't make sense at all. But I I think that that's another reason why I was frustrated with this project, because she even on Twitter was like, oh, I agree with these people before that were saying my old raps are whack and corny and all that. Like she really built up this fact that this was supposed to be an album where it was supposed to be really meaningful for her. And she was really working on her craft as a rapper and things like that. And I don't see any type of improvement in the craft of rap. Like, yes, she rapped more on this than her old projects, but pretty much every Doja song has a rap verse on it. She typically sings on the first verse, raps on the second verse. And a lot of her verses on Hot Pink and Planet Her are better than what was on Scarlet. Like, that's just factual. And so... Well, I guess it's not factual. It's completely subjective, I guess. But that's how I feel about it. And yeah, so you just reading those lines is is yeah, really funny to me. It like sounds the, really bad when you read it. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> atrocious. And, and there's like, and when I talked before about like how she'll have a bar, she'll set it up, but then she'll follow it with this lazy, just to make it rhyme word. One of the, one, mm-hmm. of the, one good example is Shutcho. She says, stop calling me sis, bitch, we not a kin. I love that because it's, it's, it's self-explanatory like we're not related but then she follows it with you do not exist to me miss i'm not your friend and to me that's just so lazy like you you should have followed up with like another family bar another breakdown like to something that's a double on a kin but it's just like she's sitting there like okay what rhymes with a kin friend okay now yeah. i'm just gonna move on and i feel like she does that in so many different places even agora agora hills which is one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. in the project she didn't say a lot. I, I, I just love her cadence. I love her cadence. Yeah. Oh yeah. On that song, she sounds really. The melodies, the melodies are kind. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, yeah. to respond to what you said about like the fact that she's not saying a lot, but you just fall in love with her flow and cadence. That saves so many of these songs is her flow and cadence. Facts, and I, I feel like, um, I mean, when we're talking about Agora Hills, I mean, let's just get into Agora let's Hills because I want to hear your opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> It was so funny because I know I knew Agora Hills was the video that came out the uh, the night the album dropped, and I was seeing great opinions about it before I reacted to it. So like when I reacted to it and I didn't really like it, I was like, oh man, like I'm I'm gonna be in for it. And the thing about Agora Hills that deserves a deeper conversation. Once again, it does go to societal things. I'm zooming out right in the song. She's doing this like Valley Girl california accent which i feel like is like a stereotypically known known as like a white voice right like they think like kim kardashian and stuff like that sound like that i just find it really interesting when you talk about doja oh my god i don't even know like how where where to start with this conversation Mm -hmm. with the history of like the whole chat room scandal with doja her current boyfriend situation um and kind of the overall conversation around like biracial people and blackness and whiteness right it's really interesting that doja was essentially like to me like aligning herself with whiteness on that track because 
it's just when you take all of those things I just said and you put them together, it's just like a really, really interesting choice to me. And I can't, I don't know, I guess I can't specifically vocalize, I, I guess I can't vocalize exactly why. Like, I don't necessarily find it problematic. I just find it strange. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find it strange with this. <laughs> get exactly what you said because i felt the exact same yeah, way and I, I still don't know how to put it into words so I yeah i'm just trying understand. to like explain it because like we're on a podcast and i'm trying to explain it for people but like there's so much i feel like you need to know about just things about like whiteness and blackness mm -hmm. and then like she's trying to do a rap album but then like she has her first kind of actual r&b radio hit but she has like this like white girl thing going on and then in the video She's kind of like having this back and forth between like this white kind of figure that she's like role playing as and then like the rapper version of herself and they're like going back and forth and it's like, it's odd. It's just odd. Also, Scarlet washes away in the video and then it's oh, like, you got like that. Scarlet is, who is she? You got Scarlet? Oh, we, hold on, I'll talk about that in a second too. But like, then she has like the angel wings in this video and it's like a white version of her. It's like, oh, it was like a Ooh, lot of like- I didn't peep that. It, yeah, it's like she washed away the devil and then you kind of move, like, you get what I'm saying? And then there's like the angel imagery and it's like the song is like close to whiteness. It's just, there. <laughs> it's just a lot. But then also, yeah, with the Scarlet thing, I'll talk about that real quick too, because there's a lot of people in my comments reaching like crazy to explain Scarlet. So one of the biggest problems with Scarlet um, as a, as a, I don't know, like alter ego is that we only know who Scarlet is from social media and what Do Doja said on social media and video. Scarlet was not mentioned one time on the album called Scarlet. I had a big problem with that. <laughs> it's like there was no exploration of the character. There was no um, reason for the character, really. Like there, there's, <laughs> and even if there is, the music's doing none of the work to show it. So people are kind of coming in with these theories of what Scarlet is. So like, for example, there's a lot of people in my comments saying that the first half of the album is like all the anger and all this from Scarlet. Then she washes Scarlet off on track 10 on Agora Hills. And like the rest is kind of like this chill version of Doja. That'd be nice. But attention is at the end of the album and in the video, Scarlet's still in there. So I feel like that theory just doesn't make any sense because mm -hmm. that was one of my biggest critiques too. And I feel like I get a lot of comments about people trying to like explain Scarlet. But at the end of the day, it's all speculation. It, it's not even even like up for interpretation either because there's nothing to interpret <laughs> like there, there's nothing there to interpret yeah, it's yeah. not even vague yep. it's completely absent like you can interpret the music videos i guess but like when it comes to exploring it through the music you can't like you like there's it would make more sense you can't say oh scarlet scarlet was like showing up on this line or showing up on this like we don't know that nope. like the only way we'll know that is if Doja explicitly tells us on social media or something. But even then, it's like the music's not doing the work. So I'm like a big person of like the art is supposed to be doing the work, not like the things that you tell me about the art, like the music should be doing it. Like that's what art is. On Agora Hills, like, yeah, like Scarlet's involved. Like at the very beginning, like Scarlet goes in the shower and like all the red washes off or whatever. But yeah, that, that was just a really interesting cultural song to me like it, it was yeah it was and then the whole like so we need that we need, i was confused that jingle big picture bobby right because yeah. then also the whole thing with her boyfriend right is that he's like he was like an incel right he okay because in the song she said 
they're mad I don't fuck incels. But I was like, it's just, so is she claiming that he's not? And then once again, that's another reason why the song is crazy because it's like the song's about her boyfriend and everything. It's just, it's a lot. I clean, There's I a lot of layers to that song. I want to clean that up, this whole situation mm-hmm. around her boyfriend because obviously we're all, all online. We've seen the discourse. I want everybody to stop like making things up in order to make things be worse. The fact, facts. the facts are the facts. The facts are he is a groomer. He is admitted to that. He apologized for that. You can call him a groomer. You can say that he's been a, a predator before because all of those things are valid. He did not rape anybody. Okay, and you can't be out here calling people pedophiles like that if there's no valid like information around it. The things that he did, you can obviously criticize him on and judge him on those things, but the additives don't help because it makes everything wishy-washy, and then people are like, what the hell are you talking about? A lot of people still don't even understand why people were irritated for real about like her boyfriend. And obviously, we all know this woman, she can date whoever she wants. All of that is fine. I'm not going to impose my morals upon her, but I'm allowed to remove myself and have opinions if I so choose. I thought it was weird all throughout this album talking about this man and everybody's just like, "Oh yeah, I like whatever." Like I just I think it's weird. I'm going to say it's weird cuz that's what I think, especially considering the facts like i just said all of those things that were proven were proven like we didn't make any of that up if this is the man that she wants to show off and she's super proud to be with i take that at face value and i'll be like okay girl that's weird to me but if you like it i love it i guess (laughs) you know i was just gonna say like also like typically when i'm like listening to albums or whatever i i do try not to bring the outside stuff as much into it like i i just like listening to where the music's at and going from there but that's what like that's it's all about his the, mention that's what i'm saying like the album exactly like the album is a reaction to all that stuff so like it, it's not like i said earlier it's not possible to do that and then um i do also want to say because i didn't say anything i liked about the album yet i did like the beats i thought the production was great on there and like michael was saying i feel like her her the way she sounds on songs is great. And then also I'll say my biggest surprise that I did like about the album is um well, I don't I'm blanking on the song title, but it was like the Neo Soul song. I thought that was pretty dope. I wasn't expecting that vibe at all. It's just something I wanted to touch on really quick. So the lot this is this is Doja's line. It's on it's on the song. She wrote it, it's in the song. Get and she's talking about she's talking to her man. She says, Get used to my fans looking at you. Fuck what they heard. I don't fuck with them birds. <laughs> that's what she said she's talking there's no doubt she's talking to her man right there now birds could be a twitter bar but i don't have a, it's a twitter is it bar. a twitter bar i was gonna say i don't I, yeah well she's talking about like her fans on twitter, her fans on twitter. Quiet. I, yeah. I didn't have enough faith in her doubles to assume it was a twitter bar to be honest with you but <laughs> god damn I'll, I'll take your word for it I'm, i i think it was all right so then but that makes sense though but here's the thing for everyone that has come at me and said Doja's not coming at her fans, and I've gotten so much of that. Like Doja's they said not, that, I've got that's just that's, denial. All I'm getting is Doja's not coming at her fans. Doja's not coming at her fans. This is why context matter because in the actual bar, Doja is directly addressing her fans, directly addressing her fans. It's the actual lyric. Get used to my fans looking at you. Fuck what they heard. I don't fuck with them birds. I don't fuck with my fans. There's a psychological thing happening here, which is interesting because I think the reason why Doja fans are saying that. 
they're not talking about her is because Doja came out and said that she wasn't talking about her fans. She was talking about like the extremists of her fans, like the super stands and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, but. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's, she's basically saying like the people that are like super critiquing her and her core fan base was who was critiquing her and they had reason to. And so it's like, are you really just critiquing extremists? Like that may be your intent, but a lot of other people are catching the shots (laughs) because so like on paint the town red, she said something like, fans aren't bad or something but extremists are she like said that yeah. on, and, um, and, and, uh, in other Rand. places she separates but in that line she's directly just saying fans very broadly yeah and like i mean the whole idea is like like you're saying the song is about showing this guy off and like not caring what anybody else says so that's not like directly like just that extremist that's like a, everyone it's, that has it's a everyone. problem and if she it. doesn't and so it's like, and if she doesn't mean it that way that's fine just write a better bar that's true. That's it. No, yeah, I mean that's that's true. Write a better bar. Don't make it that broad. That's Don't true. make it that broad. Yeah, and like I guess my final I don't know like if, if y'all have anything else to say, but I guess my final thing is also just like everyone also is telling me my I had too many expectations or the wrong expectations or go uh, or whatever going into the album. Uh, and they want to act like they don't have expectations. Everybody has expectations when they listen to a project. Like everyone's bringing something into it as a listener that you want out of it. That's just how it works. Like you can sit there and say like, oh, be open-minded, blah, blah, blah. Like we all expect things. We all have our own uh, personal things we like about projects. I'm at a point right now, and honestly, I don't even, I feel like my expectations were built up because, because of, of her being said about that yes album. that's what i'm saying yeah her, not even just her like all these djs were listening to it saying it was like some of the best rap and then like there was even artists that are amazing rappers saying that she was spitting on there and so i feel like all those like i that did build my expectations but honestly if i had no expectations just like objectively for me i guess subjectively but like just in my pers- my my perspective if i had no expectations whatsoever it's still overall like a mediocre rap album uh like to me, this is like my takeaway as far as like how much I like the album. I feel like Hot Pink and Planet Her were revolutionary in the pop space. I don't think this rap album will revolutionize the rap space in the way that like Planet Her did in the pop space. There's nothing really being added to rap as a genre through this album. And I feel like the people that are looking at the album and saying like, oh, this is like so profound because there's people saying that. Like, this is so profound and so mature and so personal and all this kind of stuff. What? I think they're just not used to listening to <laughs> like different kinds of rap, I guess, because I, I don't see how one would get that from the album. Yeah. Uh, just kind of like, I, I hate saying things objectively, but I mean, when it comes to the writing itself, um, people talk, like people were saying in my comments like, oh, she was expressing herself and she was getting out her anger and all this kind of stuff. Like, yes, that's true, but it's very surface level from an art standpoint to just like say you're mad at something like over and over and over again. The part that makes it a great album to me, I guess this has to do with my expectations, I guess, is the self-awareness and self-reflection of that anger. Like, how does that anger actually affect Doja as a person? I have no idea. It was all like directed outwards. And I don't know Doja's personal journey any more than I did before I heard the album. Right. And that's what I mean about like things being surface level. Cause I keep saying it's surface level. And then also I want to say this when I'm asking for substance, 
once again, I'm not talking about how Kendrick writes stuff or J. Cole writes stuff. Like something substantial doesn't even necessarily have to be lyrics. For example, Utopia by Travis Scott is a such a substantial music like the musicianship of utopia is insane like there's layers on top of layers of production and vocals and harmonies and all the features blending well together like it's substantial right i feel like scarlet is not substantial like in any form lyrically production any like it's it's it feels it's like okay yeah it, it's, it, like it's, it's not horrific it's, but it's not. It's not a bad album. It's just decent. It's not what y'all um, did. Can I? Okay, cause cause it's so weird listening to you talk about like her revolutionizing uh, music. Cause I feel like hey, don't shoot the messenger. Listen, I feel like she did mm -hmm. more for rap with her other albums than she did with this one, and those are categorized as pop. Listening to listening to rap from a different vein anyway. For people who don't listen to rap like that, it's going to hit. It's just going to hit different regardless. When I say she sound like the rest of these men, I mean, to me, she sound like, obviously, not sonically or anything like that, but contextually, like Future. And these other rappers mm. are like, I don't necessarily get the hype behind or enjoy or find substantial, like you said, at all, for real. It was just a lot of fluff. And I'm like, people are used to fluff. They might be used to fluff in the rap space, depending on who they listen to. Everybody don't listen to Kendrick and J. Cole and J.I.D. and Smino and all these other rappers like I consider to, you know, be rapping for real. Mm -hmm. I just hate, I don't, it feels like they're lying to her. <laughs> it feels like, I feel like <laughs> y'all are lying to her because this is different for her and y'all and y'all just eating it up because it's different, but it is not, it's not given what y'all say is given. I'm I, so very sorry. I it's not the, the praise has to be just from Twitter because like Michael said, those sales were very surprising. That's because she shit the on her fans and no nobody having no mm -hmm. streaming parties, no buying parties, no nothing. Buying parties, like nobody yeah. rocking behind her like that because she dismissed. She went featureless. Features usually help as far as like driving attention to projects and different things. Also, I feel like the promotion, the rollout of this project wasn't... There was just more drama than anything, bro. And tweeting and anger and clapping back and, and all of that versus being like, this is what the music's gonna give did she drop singles yes but as far as like I, I i just felt like the whole rollout of this shit was very messy like in my mind it just felt it just felt messy. messy to me dog like uh, all the drama and shit aside i still i still see like there could have been more room for visibility as far as like her project coming out especially because i didn't obviously i didn't look I didn't know she was going featureless. I was like, oh, she really standing like on her own with this one. So she trying to see who's going, who's going to really tap in. And girl, you dismissed all your fans for real. She dismissed the people who would buy her projects without hearing shit. She said mm -hmm. <laughs> she like, mm -hmm. that's what obviously extremists are. All of us understand like, you know, parasocial relationships and things. We'll give our opinions. We don't, we're not jumping in like super, 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 super close. Like I feel like she thinks a lot of people are, but girl, some of those people weren't extremists. Some of them just really, really fuck with your music blindly enough to buy your shit without hearing it. And that just wasn't the case this time. So we all was talking, we was talking about numbers and shit in the group chat. I was like, that doesn't surprise me at all because she told people to fuck off 
you're not a real fan if you do this, this, and this. You're not a real fan if you liked my old shit. You're not a real fan. Like, just being very dismissive. And I was like, this doesn't feel like a smart move marketing-wise when you have an album coming out. Because who's going to buy your shit? They're going to stream it. Everybody's going to stream it just to hear what all the hullabaloo was about. But as far as, like, buying your music... And, and supporting it in a real tangible way, buying mm-hmm. your tickets and things, like you said. It was a shot in the foot, I feel like. Regardless Nothing. of what the music sounded like, for real, for real. If the music came out and mm-hmm. it was good, she might have like got some more stuff. But just off top, like, no. Yeah, completely respectfully, because I have no emotion in this. I'm just spitting facts here. You guys go to those Doja concerts, it's going to be empty seats. And the, the numbers show that. If you go look at her resale tickets... How many tickets are available? There's going to be empty seats. There's about to be two more tickets on sale soon. <laughs> Stop, Bobby. You're really not going to go? Nah, nah, go enjoy it. Go enjoy know. it, bro. Ste- Ste- Steph wants to go. Is she going to do uh, so like other projects besides Scarlet, or is it just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But then, see, that's also weird because she said she didn't like her old music. So it's like... Girl, don't get up on stage experience. and perform some shit you hate. We don't want to see that. <laughs> that's what I'm we saying. It's that. like, as a fan, oh. it just feels weird. But the production like, on this project, so I feel like, might knock life. It's going to knock life. This is, okay, because I think Doja's like the best performer of her generation. She's an amazing performer. But I'm really curious to see how her performance how she's going to perform these rap songs i'm really curious because even like with demons on the the vmas she had like a ton of dancers and she was kind of dancing herself it's like way different than how she was usually performing and then it's like if she's actually going to be rapping these songs she ain't gonna be dancing at the same time you know what I'm saying? Okay. So it'll it'll be interesting like how she formulates a show, like a rap show, uh, and keeps the same level of performance. Because like when you talk about rappers, rappers don't typically do all this stuff Doja was doing before. Cause like the breath control just ain't there. You know what I'm saying? Like you just it's it's too much. And so it, it'll be I, I don't know, like I'm I'm curious to see if I even like the the performing of it. But yeah, I think the beats will do good live. I feel like Demons will do good live, obviously. That WYM freestyle will do good live. There's a lot of hype songs. She got a lot of good I, I feel like Agora Hills would be great live. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just I wanna say also I hate coming off as a hater. I really do. I don't like it. I have FOMO. Like I I want to enjoy music as much as other people yeah. do. Like when I see people like hyping this album up, I'm like, damn, like I wish I liked it as much as y'all. Like y'all are having fun over there. That's what I said. Like, on y'all Twitter. are enjoying I'm yourself. Glad y'all having a good time. <laughs> you know Missing out. And it's just like I'm not a hate. I don't I don't want to like come across as like I don't know. I hate that they pushed a her hater, like this. Go ahead, Michael. I, I don't like no, it. I, don't, I, I was only gonna say that I, I thought you articulated yourself respectfully, personally, in my opinion. I think I'm gonna get dragged the most out of all of us yeah. on this <laughs> one, to be honest. <laughs> Make write better do better it's just, i hate that they pushed her like this bro if whoever didn't think doja was already a rapper you're dumb i'm sorry that i've been calling I, her a rapper forever i don't agree with that the fact that she felt like or anybody felt like she needed to prove herself as a rapper is asinine to me because the bars <laughs> the bars on all her other projects are excellent, man. And on top of that, she's creative. It's colorful. It's fun to listen to. Y'all just listen. And this is where I get, this is where <laughs> I'm going to get dragged because what irritates me, love my community, but what irritates me about a lot of my community is y'all don't find pop, pop 
uh, uh, to be a valid genre, y'all still think that that's for white folks. And I hate that for y'all. And I hate that for y'all because Doja occupies that space so excellently and still gives you bars, still gives you cadence, still gives you con content, context, and story, man. And I don't know what y'all, why y'all think rap gotta be so shallow and vapid, bro. It bothers me. Yeah. It bothers me that y'all think she getting bars off just because she's talking about Versace and Gucci sweaters and shit. That bothers me because all of her other projects is it, just so much so much more well-rounded than this one. So this one getting all this praise and acclaim for her being a rapper pisses me the hell off because she's always been a rapper. She's always been a rapper. Bobby. I got to go in real quick because you brought up the pop thing. I, okay, I've had this debate in my Discord a few times and I had it like a couple weeks ago and it, I was in there for hours just going in, arguing. Listen, I feel like pop and rap, right? So, okay. Super Freaky Girl, Nikki song, right? At the Grammys, got, uh, was going to get nominated in the pop category or whatever. And in the hip-hop community, when something goes pop, it's like this, like, people don't like it because people think it's like some demeaning thing about rap or whatever. I feel like rap should be allowed in the pop genre, even if it's not like pop and rap. Because, for example, I feel like every other genre, white genres, can be in pop and no one second guesses it. You can have an alternative music in pop. Like no if if like Lana Del Rey got in pop, no one's gonna bat no. an eye. Billie Eilish. Right? Billie Eilish gets in pop, no one bats an eye. You have something like Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo, which is kind of like a punk rock kind of vibe. Still no one's blinking an eye. When it comes to rap for whatever reason, it there's no space in pop. Cause pop, uh, like Maya said, people like link pop and whiteness together. Yeah. But if we're talking about popular music That's what pop is. that has always been a black idea like our music is the most popular all of the time but we're constantly pushed out of the pop genre all of the time and always going r&b and all this kind of stuff like they had didn't they have something from after hours they like had after hours or they had or after hours like people, in r&b that doesn't Crazy. make no sense Crazy. okay uh, even like Igor and Tyler Creators spoke out about that. Yeah. Like he submitted Igor for the pop category, but they put it in the uh, rap exactly. category because they're allowed to change it if they want to. And it's just like, let us have rap in the pop genre. Rap is literally the most popular genre in the world. How is rap not represented in pop? That doesn't well, make well, sense. Well, it is. <laughs> it is. And it, it, it only, this is a bigger racial conversation. It is by white, by mm -hmm. white rappers. Woo! Eminem is fully crossed into the pop universe. He never gets labeled pop though. No, but his songs like Not Afraid that have been labeled like as pop song. Macklemore, there's songs that get labeled as pop by white rappers and it's a big old racial conversation. It's true. It is, and like it is, it definitely is. And I feel like, cause I don't know if y'all know this, the evolution of the R&B and hip hop charts, it started out when it first came out, the original name was the Negro charts right that's what it started Jesus. as and then it built it built up from there so it was the negro charts then it was called like the r&b chart and then for whatever reason they merged r&b and hip-hop together <laughs> i guess because it's still negro charts essentially wow. because like how is r&b and hip-hop even together it doesn't even make sense wow. like beyonce's never won a major category at the grammys ever and she's the most winningest grammy artist and she's never won a major category kanye west is tied for uh the most wins uh most wins for a rapper i think it's him and jay-z kanye has never beat a white 
person in any category ever. <laughs> he always loses. And so like, you know, even like with Kendrick, for example, there's been a couple times I felt like Kendrick definitely should have gotten like album of the year and stuff like that, but he'll never get it. I think there's only been, two, I think there's been two, two or three. three rap albums that have got album of the year. It was, uh, Outcast, mm -hmm. Lauren Hill. I think that might be it. Maybe. I feel like that goes back to our hip hop conversation last week. As far as like, I was like, I feel like black people just want to get credit for our shit. And like, that's why we're very protective of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's also at the same breath why people look down on hip hop that goes pop because hip hop from its foundation is kind of like anti establishment and pop is the establishment. So there's like this little budding of heads there. But the fact of the matter is, as a rapper, you're getting money nowadays. As a rapper, you're getting fame nowadays. You're getting acclaim. You know, you're, you're like, it is the popular genre. And I feel like it should be represented in pop and not in the sense of like, you need to make the rap sound pop. I'm saying like, let's get act like rap songs just put them in the pop category you know because it happens for every other genre yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? so it's like i agree yeah in conclusion okay if other people enjoy this project by doja y'all think is revolutionary y'all think it's her best good for you <laughs> that's it, that's it. Enjoy if it. you enjoy it listen to it as much as you can uh, we mean that wholeheartedly no, for too. real. Like, like I, enjoy the music you like, enjoy, you and then also leave us in peace to dislike the music we don't. Yeah, like. if it doesn't <laughs> hit our ears the way it hits you guys' ears, then that's fine. We have different Spit ears. Ain't, ain't move me at all. Planet her washes hot pink. It does. Washes. It does. Washes it does. without even trying. Like I'm sorry. This okay. next topic is all of you. We talking about ticket scalping? It's more venting, and it's it's coming off the news of Olivia Rodrigo's dropped her tour recently uh and there were more registered fans for tickets than there were actually tickets available what mm -hmm. yeah in the pre-register pre yeah. pre and a lot of that's probably bots and this is the problem this is exactly what i'm getting into the scammers are at an all-time high the scalpers the bots are ready for every not just music every premium item to go on sale and then hit that resale market. It's concerts, sporting events. It started with sporting events with SeatGeek and the other resale platforms years and years ago. Whether it's sneakers, uh, sneakers is a huge problem. Whether it's when the fucking new consoles come out, the P it took me a, a year and a half to get a PlayStation 5 because of it. Yeah, it took me like over a year. Because of exactly yeah. this, because of resellers buying it at face value with their bots and then selling it for double to triple that face value. And nobody gives a fuck. Like as far as the regulation goes, there's none. Nobody cares. It's like, if I want to go see Taylor Swift, right? If you look at the Taylor Swift tickets right now, they start at $1,500. The cheapest. Start? The cheapest. That's crazy. The cheapest one. The nosebleeds? The nosebleeds. I, not exaggerating. $1,500. A ticket that was probably like $79 to $150 in between that range to start. I bought one and then bought it. And people are call themselves entrepreneurs and make a career off of this. For the cheapest, that's fucking rent, first of all. The Olivia Rodrigo tickets right now are on an average $400 a piece. None of this is new. In 2017, I spent $1,000 to see Harry Styles on tour. So this is not like a new thing. This has been going on for years and years and years. It's only getting attention now because of Taylor Swift, because she crashed Ticketmaster when she released her, uh, her tickets back like last year or whatever that was. Shout out to President Biden for missing the whole point. He missed the entire point. He, the whole point. He tweeted about Ticketmaster fees. This is nothing to do with Ticketmaster fees. It's completely irrelevant. It's about the resellers. It's about the bots and the resellers. And the good news is the IRS is now stepping in 
Any reseller that makes over 600 a year will have to pay taxes. My problem is that that's still not enough because resellers will just pay the taxes. They'll just make whatever the profit is after the taxes. So the actual reselling platforms have to be regulated. You shouldn't be able to resell a ticket over face value. You want to resell your ticket? Sell it at face value. Make the money off. Make the money back that you lost. That's it. That's your refund. That's my rent. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know how Congress never knows anything about technology? Well, one of them actually, when, when the uh, Ticketmaster was talking to Congress, Look, they actually made a great It was point. Lawrence. Lawrence. Shout out to Lawrence, the band, and Clyde. Clyde Lawrence. Oh, yeah, Clyde yeah, yeah. Lawrence. I love that band, by the way. Just want to shout them out. They were the ones that represented the artists at that congressional hearing. And one of the congressmen said, like, why is reselling even available? Just only have a refund available. It's, and then it's like, That's it. And you, I want, was like, you, want, you can't make it? Get your money. That's, that's all you got to do. You get your money back. And then the ticket becomes available on Ticketmaster and somebody can swoop it and buy it. That's it. Exactly. And that's such an easy fix. I don't know why they wouldn't just implement that. It would take, it's, what, a day of development, it's maybe? Just, <laughs> it's just, yeah, literally one day. But nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. It's destroyed live music. It's destroyed sneakers. I'm a sneakerhead. It's so frustrating when the sneaker app launches a new, a new sneaker, and I got to be one of a billion bots who are in there getting the same sneaker. And then it goes on the GOAT app for like triple the price, and I'm just not going to buy it. It's so frustrating. I had to buy a resale ticket for Beyonce. I don't regret it. I had a wonderful time. How much? How much? Are you okay with sharing how much you spent? I spent twelve hundred dollars. Okay, that ticket was probably like two hundred dollars on face value. That's when I the girl bull, next to me bullshit. paid like four hundred. I wanted to throw. Up. That's crazy. Crazy. I saw Stephen A. Smith said he bought Taylor tickets and they were twenty thousand dollars. What? Yeah, I believe that. If it yeah, starts, I it starts at fifteen hundred. He probably got floor seats. He probably spent ten thousand a pop. Yeah. 20 oh. oh i saw the i saw him say the same thing on first take club uh, taylor's gonna have to pay those drivers hey. again well, the, <laughs> another bonus the artists the artists don't even get that they don't see that money that doesn't go to the artist yeah no that's, the, the that's yo. it all goes into the pocket of the one dude or woman who's reselling that mm -hmm. item it's crazy michael the the, the people you're talking about that went up to oh, um it's... to congress yeah them okay i could not believe what they were saying about Ticketmaster. they about said the that and stuff the fees. So they were saying that Ticketmaster adds those fees, but he was like, not only do they get paid those fees, but they actually take a part of our cut too. Mm -hmm. That's not even like advertised. They take, mer they take so, a merch cut too. The venue takes a merch cut. Like you don't yeah. see money. He, he was saying that like if they sell a ticket for like $50 a show, they'll end up seeing probably like $5 mm -hmm. after <laughs> their expenses. That's exactly, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that. And so he's like, yeah, when you're talking about people like Taylor Swift and all these other people, like, yeah, like they're fine. But like for other artists touring, mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's like artists make their money is touring. Struggle. Is but sick. it seems like they don't now, actually. That's sick. Like from from a level of um, like really being able to make a living yeah. off it. Because then also, I don't know if Lawrence said this, but like say you know you make your album usually the labels take back their advance from your tour so like that's another thing you got to pay back yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like a lot of these artists are probably actually losing money on tour actually i i bet you they unless, are like, unless your album yeah. like really pops off yeah yeah like if you're if you're doing these venues that are holding like a few thousand people you you might be losing money and the like you really and might. again the venues this isn't the conversation this is like kind of besides the point what we're talking about here but it's still relevant because it's about the artists losing money but they also they, yeah. they have a merch fee every venue as well just to hold your merch just to like be yeah. able to sell your merch you have to pay a fee well they were also explaining how they pretty much have a monopoly like Ticketmaster does because they said the the way it usually works is 
you're the artist who has the touring manager who talks to like say the person at the venue who's in charge of booking and all that right but they were saying what Ticketmaster has done is they have it so like you have to buy the tickets through Ticketmaster and then they also have deals with a lot of venues so you have to use Ticketmaster to even book the yeah, venue now. Yeah, yeah. So like they can't even try to sell tickets on their own site or anywhere else because like Ticketmaster pretty much like owns they all, these venues. Yeah, they monopolize there. And it's and they're, yeah, they're like and then so they get too. like yeah, they have like they like have they basically have their hand in so many different pockets. It's insane. Like they're probably they're the one, yeah. They're the ones making all the money. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, um, like they really gotta stop. Uh, and like, yeah, like with the whole Joe Biden thing, like that's the fees are fees are not even. It's twenty. The it's twenty bucks, really. whatever. Like it's so besides the point. It is eliminate like, eliminate weird. the yeah, fees, sure, the but that's not like that's like third or fourth on like the pecking order. I, I want to shout somebody out. Shout out La Russell. If you guys don't know who La Russell is, he is a rapper from the Bay. He is fully independent. He's he's booking his own venues. He's doing his own touring. He don't, That's hard, he don't touch Ticketmaster. So if you're an artist, <laughs> I don't know how many Yo, artists watch it. Yeah, go ahead and look and see what he's doing. Book your own mm-hmm. shit. Go around these people. Because like they're saying, like Michael and Bobby are saying, it's a conglomerate. They're taking. They're just taking your money. So find ways. There are ways around it. You don't need just like you don't need labels no more for real. For real, you don't need some of these other spaces in which they feel like they can pigeonhole you. I feel like touring is one of those. Go check him unless out. they own the venue. Unless they own the you venue, yeah. <laughs> like you, can't play, then you can't play at that venue. Yeah, yeah. yeah go check out La Russell because he's doing it all, like and on his own and seeing his money. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. You know, it's funny because you're saying LaRussell. Russ, the rapper, he's also independent. And he actually made this video. I feel like it was a few years ago now. He was saying, like, honestly, y'all, like, he did this, like, 10-show tour. He's independent. He had to pay up front. I think he said he spent, like, a few million dollars on it, maybe a little bit more or something like mm-hmm. that. And he's like, I'm going to do it because I like performing for y'all. But he's like, I'm independent. And I just made this song in, like, 10 minutes and put it up for a dollar on DistroKid everywhere. And I made $5 million from that. <laughs> so he's like... <laughs> And then he's like, I barely make money going on tour because I'm the one that has to pay for it just all. Do it for, so just do it for like, fun. That's I do it for fun. Hey, I think it goes the other way too. Like when you have so much money, I'm also surprised at how much they tour too. Like Taylor and Beyonce and stuff. I feel like you gotta really just love performing because like being on tour for that long and you don't have to. Like you got all the money in the world. I feel like I would just kick my feet back. Oh my God, let's talk about Usher, baby. Usher, how, baby. How all of these children online are mad and don't know good music. Talking about Addison Ooh. Ray needs to do the damn Super Bowl. I need y'all to be so for real. Who? Be so also, shout out to real. Apple Music for taking my idea. <laughs> <laughs> y'all stole my man's idea for promo. You it's okay. Me? You ain't tag him or nothing. It's Get rude. Get that check. Yo, Usher at the Super Bowl. Um, like I said, I made a video last year on TikTok. As soon as Rihanna did it, I was like, up next is Usher. That was the first thing I said. Like, give me Usher next year. So I am very glad that Usher is doing the Super Bowl. Also, shout out to Jay-Z for getting all the black artists mm-hmm. uh, to, to perform. You know what I'm saying? Like, we haven't had a white artist since Maroon 5 in 2019. A bigger, big, big, uh, big, so. big picture shout to Colin Kaepernick, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's true. Absolutely. You're right. That was the start that really, of that, That for really sure. started that. They started, got the NFL yeah. to, to open their fucking eyes. For sure. And I just hope that 
there's a genuine shift in artists that will be allowed to like do the Super Bowl and given the opportunity. And it's not like Jay-Z's just using up all of his like political capital till it's not there anymore. Like I hope it like the representation continues as it's been going. Um, because like since Jay-Z took over, there was, was the weekend the first one? I think it was. Or was mm-hmm. I think the weekend. The weekend, then you had the... The the West Coast rap, yeah. Rihanna, and now Usher. That's first, like... First, first three years, yeah. Killing it. And so, yeah, but the people that are saying Usher can't do the Super Bowl, I'm like, I, am I that old or are people just uncultured? Because it's the second one. It's he, the second one. Uncultured. But it's like, how can you be so uncultured that like, like you couldn't escape Usher? Like when he was like, like you couldn't escape him. I don't understand. You know but it's been a while. So that's why I feel old. It's a, I think it's a com- it's I think a it's minute. a combination. I think it's a real true combination of those combination. two things. <laughs> Please! Don't I hate when you do that shit. I hate it. I hate it. Don't bring up the beige bandit. Listen. Are, are we going to do dream set lists? Oh my God. Yeah. Me first. Me first. Yeah, go first. Do it. I love Usher. I love his music. As we as we talked about Ooh. before, I don't know what song I would want him to open with. I just have a few songs that I just really want to hear him do, present day and things. Obviously, he's a lot of R and B, but he's gonna have to do some of his more up uh, up tempo stuff. I think Oh My God is inescapable. That's gonna be on the set list. <sighs> it is. It's gonna be on the set list. That's one of his biggest hits. It's also it's it's bouncy and things. He has to you do know. It. He has to do Oh My he God. That and DJ are the two he has to do. Yeah, DJ far- got falling in love again. <laughs> <laughs> he has that. Bobby is sick. <laughs> He as far, to do as it. far as like his bouncier songs, he has to do those. DJ got his fall in love. I love that song. I, I still listen to that song regularly. But if we want a bouncy oh my God, track, needs to be that's retired. still that's still like it though for real. I want him to do caught up. He's not gonna do caught up. But I'm so because it's upbeat and I'm like, yeah, he could dance to that. That's good, but I don't think that's a recognizable enough song. Um, I want him to do obviously confessions. I want uh, confessions part two. I want burn because burn is my favorite song on that album. This might be my favorite Usher song. I, don't know. I, don't I love burn. Burn would go, go up live. I don't know. What is that? I don't care. I love burn. I want. Burn and I want climax because I love climax as well. I feel like there's different pockets in which he could do a more up tempo and then slower song and then transition back into an up tempo. He just said he has lots of options, but I want he does. I I want those songs for sure. I just wish that the halftime show started at seven o'clock on the dot and he pulls up in a drop top cruising the streets. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really cool, but uh. I I guess you know it's he has so many classics it's like I'm trying to look at some stuff that may may be like oh this would be cool if it's like you know like an underrated pick like if he did my way my way would actually kind of go in I feel like that has some energy Mm -hmm. GP bro Um, GP you make me want to could kind of go up in the chorus I feel like he could do something interesting with that. You know, I feel like he he'll probably do like renditions of the songs that may not be like like he as might well like make known. it a little bit more hype or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's obviously gonna do yeah. Like I'm surprised. Yes, yeah, so he's, he's gonna do yeah. He's closing with he's yeah, closing like with yeah. He's closing with yeah. 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 And, and um, we're gonna get Ludacris. We're gonna get Lil John. There's no way we don't. No way we don't. He has to do the you remind me break uh, with the dance, right? The you remind me dance break. Sorry, I'm singing today. I, I feel like he'll do the You Remind Me dance break. It's like one of the most classic things he's ever done. 
Um, you don't have to call would definitely go in. I'm trying to think of like more recent songs. I I feel like yeah, like DJ got us falling in love. Like you were saying, I could see him like bringing out Alicia Keys for like five seconds to sing my boo a little bit. Okay. It's slow, but I could see it being like a little like 10, six, like 20 second transition into something hype or something. I am opening with daddy's home because you just come out with, I just want to get your attention and he gets the crowd's attention and daddy's okay. Daddy's here. Daddy's home. He's the Super Bowl's in Vegas. He's owned. Ve <laughs> That's why I picked him to do the Super Bowl because he's owned Vegas. The Super Bowl's in, yeah. in Vegas. That opening with Daddy's Home. That's if, if he opens with that, I just want to get your attack. Come on. Oh, uh, that's everything. I got him following that with throwback and then caught up. And then, oh my God. Then DJ guys falling in love. Now we got all the energy, right? All right. Now we get love in this club. We get confessions one into confessions two. Uh, you remind me, you got a bad burn. And yeah. I like your That's a good list. Listen. The children I, say I, I'm yeah, prophetic. I thought you about know, it. They, they say I'm psychic and things. They said that we predicted Usher being the, <laughs> the Super Bowl. Usher, <laughs> make note of the songs that we're saying and like mm -hmm. the order in which we're saying them. See, see if it comes true. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, he could do so much stuff from. I, oh, he's obviously probably. I can see this being a transition song again, but he's definitely doing the run off a of superstar. He, like that's gonna be. Ah! That's gonna be in there. That'd be iconic. That's how a lot of the kids know him from TikTok. Yeah. Is that run? Yeah, so I remember like, that. He, he'll do that for sure. Give us that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be amazing. How he, is he, he so fine and so talented all these years later? <laughs> I'm so excited. I you know what's crazy? <laughs> I, I feel like that was the formula back then, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was, that was the formula. Yeah, yeah, but you, if you, you had people, you had a lot of people that were fine and talented, but didn't get like Mario, Trey songs, Omarion, who we talked about, Neo. That's true. Like these, all these guys tried their best, but there was only one Usher. That's true. There was always ever only Trey, one Trey Usher. Song, Trey songs built his whole shit off of his attractiveness, and it wasn't enough. It wasn't because he sounded like a. Never mind. I'm not a. I'm not a Trey Songz fan. I've never been a Trey Songz fan. Um, but the point is, the point is, is that Usher is timeless, and he has been here, and he has continued to be so the fine. standard. I'm so All happy. And like, if 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 y'all are watching this, you haven't heard Usher yet. It's not too late. It's not too for real, late. Confessions feels like it could come out today still. Like that thing aged amazing. amazing. Like. It's so good, front to Stop back. Stop playing. Go listen to this right now. No, for real. Yo, how long did it take y'all to realize that that thing behind him is like a confessional, like at a Catholic I knew, church? I knew that, yeah. I didn't know that forever. I thought it was like a just a door or a gate or something. I, 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 I just found that out like last year. I was like, yeah, I didn't even notice Usher that. Usher is also one of Beyonce's only peers, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We talking about, talking about levels and shit. Well, Usher, baby. Well, don't oh, you a... don't you open your mouth. We're not talking about it. I don't care. If the nigga's in jail, he's in jail. We're not talking uh, no, about it. No, that's not who I was gonna I was gonna say yeah, somebody else. I was, I was gonna say somebody else with a T Nobody. and an S. <laughs> I just want the definition of like when people are saying peer, like what do they mean? Like their current level of success? And is it someone that like had to start around the time the person started yeah, and like has the same longevity? Or, it's that. It, or it's it's starting around the same time. It's it's still having mm -hmm. 
it's Usher is, I don't know how old Usher is, but Usher has been around the same time as Beyonce and he's yeah. about to do the Super Bowl. And it's like this late in his career. So I definitely feel like we talked about on text. I definitely feel like his, his peers, Justin Timberlake, for sure. For sure. <laughs> he came out two years later or four years later. I don't was remember when solo, NSYNC came out. It was either two or four Because he didn't go solo. You don't count later. NSYNC? You, you don't count Destiny's Child on, on Beyonce's career? Oh, don't drag me. Uh, <laughs> I don't but like when correct, people don't correct, include I wasn't the group. thinking about that. I was thinking about her solo career. You're absolutely yeah. correct. I was. Yeah, like I don't. I don't like when people don't include the group stuff, especially if it's like the leader of the group. It's like I feel like you absolutely should include leader. that stuff. Listen, Beyonce was all over that first album. Was mostly That's just what, Beyonce. That's what I'm saying. It's like Justin Timberlake was just the guy on NSYNC. So it's like Justin yeah. solo. Justin solo stuff is a little bit after. But but it's more or less the similar timeline. Yeah, his his first album came 2000, out I want to say in like two thousand two. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. Oh six. Future Sex Love Sounds was 06. and then two thousand ten for twenty twenty experience. Yeah. So like I don't and like yeah they've been and Usher hasn't released an album for like eight Crazy. years. So like he's still. I feel like they're pretty much peers. I really do. I love it. I do. Uh, whatever. All I'm saying is back to the focus. I love Usher. And I'm so excited, yeah. and I've never given a fuck about who, uh, uh, whether we go to the Super Bowl by we, I mean the Steelers. Y'all know that's my team. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I definitely called my uncle and said, do what you need to do so I can go. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I went to the Super Bowl. I went to the Super Bowl the year the Black Eyed. Was it the Black Eyed Peas? I don't know. That was uh, Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I went to I went to both both Super Bowls. The Steelers went to where my uncle was coaching. I went to, and mm. and, and I didn't really give a fuck about the halftime shows. I want to go to this one, so I was like, "Sir, sure. do Make what you need to do, <laughs> so trip. I can go see Usher, baby." Make that Vegas trip. If you are well versed with Usher, you know his catalog, you know his greatness and things. Let us know in the comments what songs y'all want to hear him do. If y'all have like a dream set list, let us know. We're going to be in the comments reading, talking to you guys. Um, But we're going to jump into our last topic of the day, and it's Bobby's Education Corner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Listen. All right. Backstory. There's a TikTok going super viral of this seventh grade teacher um, talking about how basically kids just are way behind uh, where they should be education wise. Um, and that he was, he kind of brought up the gap of COVID, you know, like everyone being behind because they were just staying at home, not getting educated and stuff. Then at the end, he was also saying like parents aren't being involved. And that's the part I feel like that was going the most viral. Like I've seen so many tweets and TikToks stitching that and talking about parents being uninvolved in their child's education and all that. I have a lot to say about this. I get really worked up about this for a few different reasons. Before I get into it, I want to say I am very involved in my child's education. I want to just set that straight. But with that being said, I am a firm believer. Schools should not be created from a foundational level with the assumption that a child has an active parent at home. I am a big advocate of that because you could tell parents to step up Till you're blue in the face but the reality is kids have to go to school kids don't go to school 
parents go to jail. So you know that for eight hours a day, this kid is going to be in this place. During that eight hours, you can do a lot of education. If a kid isn't getting educated enough at school, I feel like that's a schooling issue, in my opinion. Not that the school isn't doing enough. I'm talking about like on a systemic level, the way school is set up fails everybody, in my opinion, in a, in a lot of different kind of ways. And so I also want to bring up the point uh, when it comes to um, ableism, disability. The reason why kids are behind is because, and, and not to mention, all these teachers that were making these videos and stitching this, I ain't seen not one mask, not one mask on any of these teachers' faces. COVID affects the brain and causes cognitive decline. And we've all fucked our kids over by having to send them into school every single day so they could get reinfected with COVID over and over and over and over again. The idea that there was a gap uh, for say like two years or whatever because of COVID. No, no, no. That's not where the lack of education is coming from. It was a little bit, but we're talking about kids have been in school. And the reason why there is so much of a gap, and we will see this for years to come, I really feel like has to do with COVID. I really do. Like we're really starting to see the effects of how it um, is affecting children as they like progress. And there's like delay issues. Um, also, they're like finding dementia in children. They're finding dementia in children what? it's crazy and so i feel um back to my original point about i feel like you can't have school from a foundational level with the assumption that a parent is active is because what ends up happening i'm just advocate i'm advocating for the child because like i don't feel like a child's education should suffer because of their parents whatever right and they may not even be active I, okay i'm gonna get into that in a sec too but i think that that's what public service is for. When someone can't step up, we as a community and as a country should have each other's backs. And I feel like the way that schooling is set up, it, it kind of leads to children's failure with this idea that like they need a parent to like help them out afterwards, which I feel like parents should not. There's a lot of kids that aren't that lucky. And like, I feel bad that their education's suffering due to that. And I feel like we can come together, change how things work, so like the kids aren't getting screwed over because of that. You know what I'm saying? Because at school you got like, that's just, that's how I think. I have no solutions as far as how to set that up to make it work, but I do believe that. Now my last topic with this part is with everybody blaming parents. Once again, we have to zoom out because you're seeing how, okay, a parent isn't helping their child, their child's getting behind in their education. You see that cause and effect. Well, zoom it out. Why is the parent not involved? Nine times out of 10 is because society doesn't really let parents have any type of time to be involved, okay? Coming up in our generation, there was a lot of single income housing, like, I mean, like single income, yeah, housing, where like you had one parent that could like go to work and sustain life for everybody in the house. Or even if both parents were working, there was a lot more community around to help pitch in to make things work. And then also on top of that, there's no parenting like resources whatsoever for like anything when it comes to like, there's no maternity leave. And I know this doesn't have to do with school. I'm just giving examples of like how I feel like society fails parents as far as resources go. Cause like what ends up happening is like, if you fail a parent, you're essentially just failing the kid at the same time, because we do see that link of parenting and children. So I feel like when you zoom it out, the, blame and the shame of telling a parent to like step up like they would if they could nine times out of ten right. i truly believe that <laughs> i truly believe that a lot of these people that you're thinking are deadbeats 
just literally don't have time a lot of the times. Because, like, look at the daily schedule. Say you're doing nine to five. Your kids in school, they have to go to some after school program, which sometimes you got to pay for. So, like, that's an expense. You got to commute to get your kid. Then, like, I don't know, maybe you pick up some fast food and then you go, then you got to go to whatever practice. If they play sports, maybe you got to bring them to, like, I don't know, behavioral therapy, this therapy, that therapy, whatever. By the time you get home, you help them with their homework. And then, like, you didn't even really get to have any family time. You didn't really get to ask about their day too much. You just got to shower and go to bed and, like, repeat that. And, like, I feel that's why I'm saying, like, where the school system, it, it doesn't allow for a lot of the things that people expect of parents when it comes to helping their kids out in school. It's just not set up for success. Um, and I just feel like it's just really frustrating how the biggest frustration I have is the COVID aspect of it, because I feel like that's going to lead to a lot of education issues. And then I don't think the sole blame should go on the parents. Uh, I think parents should obviously take responsibility, but there's so much involved that we have to change for education to get better. An example of what I'm talking about as far as like parents aren't active or stepping up for whatever reason but then school stepping up in a great you know policy is like school breakfast and school lunch you know when it comes to having you know food scarcity like a lot of children do rely on their school breakfast and their school lunch for like food so that's a great example of school doing something that you know a parent should be doing but they're putting the kids first in providing what they need right and i'm just saying that from an education standpoint there needs to be like more things like that to make sure they're good in school. Like there's just so much we have to change. Like it's a whole systemic issue. Like it really is. Because um, even and, and before I hand it off to y'all, the, the um, there's always the assumption that the parent isn't helping because they just don't want to or something. But and this is why I feel like we shouldn't build school on the assumption of an active parent, because like what if it's what if the parent doesn't speak English and they can't help with the homework? What if the parents like uneducated and they just don't understand the homework. Like, should the child suffer because of that? I, I don't think so. I'm just trying to advocate for the kids here. That's what I'm trying to do. Like, we already know that parents not being able to help is a problem. So we have to find some type of solution to that said problem. And I don't think the solution is just to tell parents to step it up. I feel like there's got to be something else involved there. So, yeah, that's my rant on that. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I don't I'll, to to speak on like la parents' lack of availability at, at times in realistic scenarios. If you grow up in the low income neighborhood, it's nine to five isn't real life. It's not real life. Uh, yeah. My mom worked at Toys R Us and she was a dancer. Those were her two jobs, and those were both at night. And I'm one of seven. I'm the oldest. I have to get home and watch everybody. I was the babysitter. I don't have time. You were the oldest. I was the oldest of seven. Yeah, so I don't have time for homework and stuff. And then if we ever had to go food shopping, I'd have to round up all the kids, go take them to Toys R Us, and then we'd have to wait for, wait for my mom to get off work. And then we'd have to go to the supermarket to help her with all the groceries, obviously, because she can't by herself bring seven kids worth of groceries to the house by herself. Like, that's just, that's just my example, and it's not the only, like, example. There's so many other people that I grew up around that had similar situations, and our schooling suffered dramatically dramatically i'm not going to get into like my personal business as far as my education and all that but it suffered dramatically because of the way i grew up and if i had a better if there were better systems in place like you're advocating for it would have been i probably had a different life 
Wow. Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry about those challenges, uh, man. And like, no, it's all right. I mean, no, because it really does suck. Because like I'm saying, it really does fail the children. Like, and it really does. It ends up failing kids the way everything's set up. Um, where so much of the emphasis, like even on a grade itself, it's like homework is such a big grade. You know what I'm saying? And essentially, it's busy work. Also, that's another thing. If you send a child home with homework and they don't even know how to do it, you're just practicing. You're, you're they're practicing the wrong way, and it doesn't even help them out. Like there's a lot of studies showing that homework isn't even effective. Uh, like when it comes to education, I know like there's a lot of uh, places that are like the most educated in the world that are actually like doing less and less and less homework um, because it's also really important uh, to get educated like in life and like outside of like the academic stuff. And so like being like children being able to do what they love to do and learning emotional regulation and learning emotional intelligence and what having some type of self-reflection and self-awareness, like all that suffers with because um, we're just talking about kids here, but then when you get to high school and you got to do like um, all the like volunteer work and like National Honor Society and be in this club and that club to try and get a scholarship to go to college, like you have no I time. I was never home. <laughs> like you, you have home. no time. Yeah, no, like you, you're literally like, I feel like in high school, you like work more than like any other time in life, I feel mm-hmm. like. It's literally like from six in the morning you go to school and then by the time you go to bed, you had to do yeah. whatever extracurriculars you had to do. You had to like um, sports, whatever. Like it's crazy. It's just like go, 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 go. And then like the amount of, I don't know about y'all, but like when I was in school, um, I was like in honors and AP classes and the amount of homework oh. I had to do was. That's how I got addicted I, to Monster. I, it was impossible to get done like it's just impossible and so yeah i feel you know because there was also teachers um like because i made a tweet about it and people were getting on me and like teachers were saying you know we only have like 45 minutes or 50 minutes with a kid in each class or whatever well i was like oh well that sounds like a structural problem then (laughs) like if like if you don't have enough time to teach Mm -hmm. them like once again, that's a schooling problem. Yeah. Like like something has to switch up for it to be enough. Like you see my kid more than I do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's there eight hours a day. He should be able to have everything he needs to know. You know what I'm saying? Now, like even if you need like extra practice outside of that, like I, I don't know. Like I, I don't have the the structural structural solution. I just know that it's a problem because we see kids being failed time and time and time again so obviously the system ain't working how it is um looking at the other tiktoks because i saw the original one that you're talking about and then i saw like obviously mm -hmm. all the stitches and stuff and they were showing screenshots of a lot of these kids spelling and they're like in Mm -hmm. seventh grade and can't spell um daylight stuff i was like Mm -hmm. whoa and it and it's well, for me personally, like Bobby said, I wasn't never home. I was always in after school programs. I was always, I, I wasn't ever home. And when I was home, my parents were working. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I had I, <laughs> I have I had the privilege of having nannies and different things. They helped me with my homework. Nobody ever helped me with my homework, dog. <laughs> I was like, and I like, I, and it was always difficult for me because. My mama gonna drag me. Mama just just leave. And I am gonna talk about <laughs> just leave. This for a couple of seconds. Cause she'd be like, Maya, you're an A student. Why aren't you getting A's? I was like, Cause I don't know what the hell's going on. Like I'm I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Like I need more help. And then and then 
it will be a whole runaround to try to get more help, like tutoring and different stuff like that. It would be based on availability. And there was no availability because there were teacher shortages and like different shit like that. So it wasn't, it wasn't an environment where I felt like I could succeed for real. I got out of school by the skin of my teeth. I say that all the time, like high school, college, all of it. I, I, I got so, by and did what I could, and I got both of my degrees, but I don't think I retained much of anything, if I'm being completely honest. My math skills, I can count my money, you feel me? But that's it. <laughs> you put algebra in front of me, what the fuck is that? I don't, I, it's a lot of skills and different stuff. <laughs> as school is concerned, I consider myself to be intelligent, I'm have a wide vocabulary and all those different things, but there's different pockets of things that I feel like I completely missed and don't mm-hmm. ask me about shit. I'm 20, I'm 28 yeah. and I can't do that shit. My little brother is in Morehouse doing calculus right now. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't imagine if I wanted to like any of that, yeah. you know? So I definitely <clears throat> agree as far as like, it's a, it's a structural issue it, it, 100%. A lot of our stuff society uh, in society has been built around capital and making money. Mm-hmm. And, and what I feel like we're realizing right now is that personhood is missing from every angle. It, it, it's, it's missing mm-hmm. in every industry. It's missing in music and all this stuff. It's missing as far as education is concerned. Not even thinking about the emotional, like Bobby said, there's just so much more to being a person and living in life. Like now we have financial literacy courses, which would have been great when I was in school. You know, I would have loved to know how to do my fucking taxes. I would have loved to know like all of these life things that aren't being taught in school. So I feel like a reevaluation of what's actually needed in order to be a fully functioning adult would be helpful. Mm-hmm. This is anger coming out. I'm like, yeah, no, I feel I'm like getting angry just I listening. I was cause... left behind. I got my degrees, but damn it, I feel like I was left behind in a lot of hey. different areas. So seeing these babies now struggling with like, and and those should be basics like spelling and different men. No, y'all are failing the children, and y'all trying to flip it back on parents. Like the system isn't working against them as well. We need to to come together and and see what the actual problem is and address that before y'all start trying to point fingers like, it's not the teachers because I can only do this. It must be the parents. Well, it's not the parents because I have to work in order to live, you know, make money and buy food and other things that we need. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just just not that cut and dry. So I don't like the the pointing of the fingers and I agree with big picture Bobby and we need to zoom yeah. out. <laughs> big picture <laughs> Bobby. Like yeah. So much nuance to it. And like, you know, I'm gonna go back to the ableism part two real fast. Shout out to my mom. Cause you're, you're talking about, you know, your parents were always busy and Michael, you said that too. And it's like, my mom was a stay at home mom and she helped me every day with whatever I needed. Oh, right. And like that helped me a lot because on the side of like me having a chronic illness and stuff, like my mom sued my school County. When you have a disability, you can get on a, um, well, here in Florida anyway, it's called a 504 plan. It's basically like a disability plan where it's like um, you could get like extra time on homework or extra time on tests, whatever. Um, and like my teachers like wouldn't give it to me because I didn't look sick enough for them. That's what they told my mom. So she like sued the county and won. 
but anyway, Isn't that insane, Michael. Even, when he told me that, I was yeah. like, "Whoa!" And then like the audacity. Yeah, because like there was stuff like once again, I don't know how it works in the whole country, but here in Florida, it's like if you miss more than nine days of school. Um, I don't know if it's like you get suspended or you fail the class or something like that. It's like a big thing. Like you can't miss more than nine days of school. And I, w- I meant psh, like when I was in high school, I missed like at least like 60 days a year, probably <laughs> at least. Um, so and then like they would do there's this rule where it's like, say you missed one day of school. That means you have one extra day um, to like it's like if you miss one day of school, that means you have one day to make up the work. So, like, for me, it was, like, if I miss one day of school, they would give me, like, two extra days to finish the work. But the amount of work that you get in one day in high school is so crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I'm not in class to learn the the material. So, how you even expect me to do the homework in the first place? But, like, I managed. And I, like, copied a lot of other people's. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> I'd like have to like take people's notes and you know some other Period. stuff. Uh, but yeah, I want to get back to the ableism part too because every all these teachers are acting so clueless as to what's going on. But when it comes to COVID, like it, usually with disability, you're able to point someone out and be like, "Oh, they're disabled," right? Either by how they look or it's like this idea of like they're not functioning the same way as everybody else. Like disability simply just means the way that you move in this world, like the world isn't set up to benefit you because of like how you function or how you operate or whatever. That's essentially what a disability is. But what people don't understand, all these teachers, is that they're wondering, uh, because I saw this one teacher say like, it's so crazy, like we'll read like four paragraphs and I'll ask my students like, what was the story about and no one can answer me. It's not because they're not paying attention. It's like all students on a level, like everyone is becoming like disabled COVID is a mass disabling event like that's what it has turned into uh everyone's always only focused on the deaths and like that's obviously important but as far as like us the the people that are still alive and still uh getting like contracted with this virus like we it disables you like that's how it works over time and the more that you catch it the more your chance of getting disabled in some kind of way uh and we don't know if it's like a permanent thing we don't know if it goes away after a while because it hasn't like you know it's only been here for like three years but yeah all these things like when you look at what teachers are complaining about (laughs) it just looks like uh you know some type of brain functional is like things just aren't working the same way anymore um and i feel like school is not set up in any capacity to deal with disabilities because it is so hard to even get diagnosed with a disability to get the accommodations you need and then also as black people and other marginalized groups when you get diagnosed with a disability it can greatly affect you later in life from employment or even in school itself like your teachers may not take you as serious or to even like law enforcement like when it comes to like autism like law enforcement is a huge issue because you know they may be stimming and doing all this kind of stuff and a cop just thinks they're being aggressive and like they they always like there's a bunch of police brutality issues uh, when it comes to people with autism and so it's like the it's just we're as a country uh like i said it's a whole systemic issue i know we're talking about school but i really truly feel like the biggest thing that's going on is a health issue and talk about joe biden with fucking ticket prices i don't care like help us like stay alive please like better health care stuff like uh and it's so it's so hypocritical i I, I just can't with all their COVID policies. I, I can't do it. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, 
uh parents on social media are always like a punching bag all the time and i'm not saying that like uh critiquing parenting isn't important it obviously is like a parent is the biggest influence on a child right um at least in the early years and so it's important to tell parents to step up but i feel like a lot of times people use parents as a scapegoat for other larger problems and like a lot of the time the parent is messed up due to those larger problems to begin with things like poverty like michael's talking about like the struggles of poverty the struggles of lack of health insurance the struggles of race struggles of gender of all these different things play into how you as a parent can parent your child and like that's how we get all these generational curses and all this stuff we got to deal with um because it trickles down and so if you're really wanting to help these kids there's bigger things we have to look at especially when it comes to health especially when it comes to health because i know i i mean I like no one's wearing masks at my like son's school. And it was crazy. It was the second week of school they had to shut. So he's like in a private school. So they have like elementary and then they also have like a daycare kind of thing. They had to shut down the whole daycare the second week of school because like all the little babies were getting sick because like COVID was going around the second week of school. Like it was crazy. Um, And so, yeah, it's just we're throwing our kids to the wolves. We're giving them health issues. And it's like this invisible thing that no one really cares about. And yeah, that's why kids are having trouble reading in spelling and uh also even like you know how all the athletes are passing out with all the heart stuff going on that and people think it's scary. some vaccine conspiracy yeah that's not a conspiracy covid fucks with your heart it's a very known thing and like even doctors are telling like perfect not even just professional athletes just athletes in general like if you get covid do not exercise for like two weeks after you have it at a minimum because it could like that's how you, your heart can do some crazy stuff like stop and go to cardiac arrest and all this kind of stuff. So it's like we really need to start taking COVID seriously because even though people want to say that it's gone, it's not just the whole, oh, I catch COVID. I'm sick for two weeks and now it's over. Like that's just not how it works. They waiting for some wild like, shit to happen and then they going to start trying to quote unquote take it seriously again. Like how many more people? Have it would to have to get so bad. bad. It would have to get so bad. It have to be like the beginning um, again, honestly. And I'm like, y'all really trying to wait, yeah. wait for it to get to that level again for y'all to take that shit seriously. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Even then, there wouldn't, there wouldn't like, do on, nothing in Florida. Even then. Oh yeah, no, we're screwed. We're screwed here. I got and like it's it, it's so bad here. Oh my <laughs> god, this is probably like the worst place for me to be. Um, yeah, we're not even gonna talk about Florida. Florida's messed up <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, you talk, oh you talk my about god. schools too, man. You, yeah, that's why he's in a private school because I'm not yeah, having him period. learn about learn about a bunch of both. all that bunch shit of, that they're yeah the curriculum like it took away yeah and I I remember like all this stuff was passing and I know like his private school they like take um money from the state for like scholarships so I was like y'all aren't like obliged to like <laughs> do y'all have to teach all this here <laughs> like I asked them that this summer because I was gonna take them I was gonna take them out and find somewhere else to bring them they're like no we have our own curriculum like we're not affected by all that nice. kind of stuff I was like good because like my I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen all the stuff they're trying to do. I heard they were removing. I heard they were removing a bunch of different like books, like Diary of Anne Frank. No, it's oh no, it's way worse than that. They literally have yes. So they actually have this. Do do you remember that movie? I I I had to watch it when I was younger in school. It was like the one about like MLK. It was like a cartoon. It was like time traveling. I know what you're talking about. So they're having stuff like that. These like cartoons that they're showing kids and like one of, (laughs) so first of all, you're not allowed to say 
uh, talk about slavery in a bad light. If only you're, a po- you're not only a positive to. light. They're actually a positive light. Yeah. What? Yeah, you have to the like benefits of slavery. Yes. The benefits. The benefits. Yes. No, please, yes. please, please. Yep. The benefits of slavery. They say that um, that they're not allowed to be called slaves in the books anymore. They're called like um, not even like it's indentured like, it's like, it's servants. It's like they were either. jobs. It, it's like they were jobs. Yeah, man. it's like it was a job like, or something like it was like, like they were getting a a craft like they were learning a new craft you are fucking yep. joking right now and then there was like this columbus video where it was saying like what was oh oh no no this was about the slavery thing there was like like i said it's like a cartoon and like they were talking about slavery and the guys like essentially said that oh yeah it's better to be a slave than to kill them right <laughs> I, I can't, like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I was like, yeah, I'm not t- like I'm not having I can't. my son like learn all that in school. But yeah, they're like changing history. They like um for real. They're taking like a ton of stuff out and then putting a ton of stuff in that's just like not true. It's like propaganda. Um so yeah, it's bad. Yeah. This is crazy. Like this is a thing in Florida, which is why like a lot of teachers are quitting here. If you have a worksheet, a book, anything that you're giving to the kids, you have to scan and upload to this website that parents can go look at it. And if one parent disagrees with it, you can't teach it. Like you just, you have to like get rid of it. And then also if you decide to teach it, you can lose your teacher's license and go to jail. <laughs> Coded, bro. Yeah. And it's a long sentence too. I think it's like five years or something like sick. that. That is sick yeah. as so hell. It's crazy. Welcome to Florida. It's crazy here. Then they also pass like a healthcare thing where they can legally um, just like not treat you if they don't want to now. Like if, if like if it's just some like moral or religious thing, and that's that like the I, the the intention of that bill is to go against trans people, but that affects that's gonna affect everybody, like, it's like it's, it's so- because they don't need a reason. Like they could just be like, oh no, like we I don't want to treat you, and then like you can't sue them. That's part of the bill. You're not allowed to sue them for it, and they don't have to refer you to another doctor. They don't have to refer you to another hospital. They could just be like, no, you're not welcome here. And then like, that's it. You're just screwed. Dog, right. I'm disgusted. I'm real. Insurances can do that too. Now they can just reject things just because yeah, they don't feel we'll like open it. up the Florida can of worms. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it's bad here. That's, that's why I was telling you. That's why I've been telling y'all. Like I need to move. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you do. So completely unrelated. Not, not completely. Cause they're parents. Please stop talking about Blueface and Krishan. Oh, Oh, oh god yeah that was that crazy is, i did is, i'm glad i didn't see it parents but i'm that's crazy i i, I don't I, know if michael knows what you're talking no, I do. about but that she, was I'm, insane she sent it to me i'm thoroughly oh, okay. i'm thoroughly disgusted with how big of a platform y'all have given these individuals maybe not our viewers but other people have given these individuals because it's harmful and and it's just a clearly unhealthy and toxic dynamic they have going on. Y'all think that shit is entertainment, but God forbid, knock on wood, I hope nothing happens to that child. Because if something happens, it's going to turn into a whole, well, a blame game type situation. No, understand the part that y'all are playing. You grown ass adults on Twitter asking for that picture is disgusting and weird. And y'all should Whole be in jail with them. Like, stop. Insane. That is insane to me. That is absolutely, it's insane that he posted it. And it's insane that y'all are asking to see what the fuck is going on. Y'all know what the picture is. The man took a picture of his child nude. Okay, that's the picture. Why y'all are sending that back and forth to each other, I will never understand. But stop. It's nasty. 
and it's just it, the whole situation I, makes me angry as hell. It just makes me really mad. Those people clearly need help. Both of them need to seek help. Unfortunately, a child is involved in the mix, and it's not entertainment. None of this is entertainment. It never was. Like, in my mind, I was like, they have a TV show? Why the fuck are y'all encouraging by streaming and watching and participating in all of this mess, man? It's not drama. It's not drama. It's harmful shit. I just had... I was. You were talking about parents, and that just popped into my head. I was like... I feel like out of everything I've ever seen about all their shenanigans, like I've never been shocked until today. Like that was just, cr- I don't like, that's just why I, I'm speechless about that. <laughs> stop bro. Stop, yeah. stop promoting them. Stop talking about it as if it's like something to jest about. Like it's not, is it pray for them people? If you pray, if not, then don't just don't engage with them. Like they're not real people, bro. Cause they are. And that is a real baby. It's just with their case, it's not so much reality TV as it is a documentary, and that's why people gotta. <laughs> Damn, that was actually kind of a bar. I'm not gonna lie, that was got more bars. Got more bars than I... Doja, bro. <laughs> this episode was filled with a lot. You know, let us know how you guys feel in the comments and things about all of these topics. Like we love interacting with you guys. Make sure you leave us comments to be read at the top of the show. Ask us any questions you might have and follow us on all of our social media at Takeaway My Mic. That's Instagram, Twitter. Do we have a TikTok? Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. And TikTok. We <laughs> We're going to be, we're going to do our best to post in all of those places. Stay up to date with us and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.